protection. They see the knife and the police officer says, whoa, 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 hands up on the car right now. I got my two hands up on the car. They pulled the knife out and they're like, hey, were you going to tell us about this? And I was like, honestly, sir, I forgot it was there. I was a little bit nervous. And then like, all right, give me your right arm. They cuff me. Give me your left arm. I get cuffed. I got hop in the back seat. I hop in the back seat of the car. The great irony of life is this. We all want a life we love and more time with the ones we love. But our job, the very thing that's supposed to be the financial vehicle to provide that freedom, is the very thing that chains us down. Do you think you have what it takes to rise above yourself? Are you ready to start transforming your dreams into reality? If so, I'm Cody Teal. Welcome to the Finding Freedom Podcast, a tribe of dreamers and doers, rebels and fighters that are here to prove to the world you can have your cake and eat it too. Welcome to the Finding Freedom Podcast. I have Charlie Heaton here. Super excited to be chatting with him. Charlie, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Um, I reached out to do a couple podcasts about state-specific things and Charlie's name came up as one of the top guys in Texas, and he's been in the door-to-door industry for a super long time. Charlie, kind of tell us a little, little bit about your story, like how you got to where you're at. Um, yeah, obviously going to high school, door-to-door isn't something I ever thought I'd ever get into, uh, but I was fortunate and lucky enough to, to get introduced to it. I joined the military right out of high school, so spent 10 years doing that. Um, met my wife uh, in between deploying. We had a little girl after the last one. And between her and I, we just decided uh, that should probably be the end of the the military career side. So my major in school originally was Arabic and Middle Eastern studies at uh, the BYU Mesa program. And I just decided that that probably wasn't what I wanted to pursue. I did a a brief semester with music education. I decided that wasn't financially going to be where I wanted to end up and about the same time I had a good friend who was going out and selling for Vivint and I knew he'd done pretty good in the back of my head I knew I was better than that guy and so he recruited me to go over to to sell a summer for Vivint but um, a lot of you guys know Mark Bench back from the alarm days he had started his own company in Houston uh, in 2010 and just happened to be my cousin so I reached out to him and just said hey what do you think about going and selling alarms for a summer and decided uh he, he said hey come check out my company in houston so i went out uh not for a couple of weeks sold a few deals had some fun and decided to just join up with uh, triguard protection at the time was our, our company name so that's how i got into door-to-door in 2012 did a couple summers uh, moving back and forth between houston and provo uh with alarm systems and i mean that's really where i cut my teeth i think on and just the whole idea of being a, a somewhat of an entrepreneur, um, having the, the, the complete freedom and control of your schedule, your time, your your income, and absolutely loved it and, and, and wouldn't trade it for the world. Best decision I think I ever made outside of marrying my wife. So, so try awesome. well, try guard, try smart. And I probably should ask this when we did our pre-call, but like, what does the try mean? If you, it sounds like that's important, they kept it. So where, where's the try come from? <laughs> it's that's funny because the try when try guard, uh, it was for police, fire, and medical, right? When you're selling alarms, you cover the, <laughs> the three main police, fire, and medical. So when we turned, so when we decided to get into other verticals, we actually had a a, a brief stint with Direct TV, and so we created 
instead of being a, a TriGuard, which is very alarm and security oriented, we, we rebranded to TriSmart and just kind of kept the Tri. So uh, we, we had a brief stint with DirecTV where, where we sold commercial uh, DirecTV over the phones. And, and at the same time, we, we started doing solar out in Arizona. And the Tri just kind of always stuck. And now that we just do solar, you know, almost 100%, Tri for us is, you know, the triangle, kind of like the top of a roof, I guess. <laughs> so it works. Uh, and that, that's just kind of always stuck from our old TriGuard days. So Okay, cool. So 10 years in the military, what, what branch were you in? And like, what, yeah, what branch were you in? Let's start with that. Marines. Marine. Marine Corps. Holy yep. cow. Okay, so any does any the experience it the experience did you train in California or in South Carolina for boot camp? California for boot camp. Yep, I was okay. a Hollywood Marine. Okay, I sold a lot of solar out in Buford, South Carolina. So we worked. Okay. we sold a lot of marine or worked and sold with a lot of Marines out there. Um, I bet. Anyway, so that kind of like brings some memories back. But uh, does that any of that translate into your career nowadays? I'm sure it does, but just wondering your take on it. You know, quite a bit of it does. I was, so my job was as a grunt, I was in the infantry. So uh, the MOS was 0311 and you get to deal with a lot of guys on a very personal level and, you know, you build camaraderie and it's a hard job. It, you're out there and literally you're, you know, you're pounding the pound on the pavement, so to speak <laughs> in a different way. So you get used to knocking doors or, or working in a very hot, very sweaty environment. So for me, the hot summers being able to wear shorts and a t-shirt and you're not getting shot at is a blessing. It's easy. <laughs> so it, it's, it's mindset. It's a lot of work ethics. I feel like a lot of the discipline was instilled into me and to being able to do difficult things, uh, have a certain level of confidence in talking to people that I, I frankly probably didn't have coming out of high school. So um, yeah, I built a lot of bonds, a lot of relationships that, that I'll always remember, but uh, I, I'm glad that I found, the career that I did and, and all that stuff in the military has really been helpful. And then I guess this is a random question. I didn't even plan on asking, but if you don't mind, I've worked with a lot of post-military people that retired from the military and veterans that are trying to adjust to civilian life. And I've noticed like really two directions. One, like they just crush it in the, in like professional world or they really struggle. Um, yeah. <laughs> and there, yes. there, again, there's a spectrum there, but, um, it, it's interesting to see that and I, I, the long, I've noticed the longer they're in the military, the harder the adjustment is, mm-hmm. uh, especially for a couple employees that I actually hired and worked with really closely. Um, what would you say is like the biggest like tip for someone that's coming out of the military, getting into the professional world? Like what, what, how, how do they adjust to that? Especially if they've been, it sounds like you, like that's great, deployments, you know, and that's for a lot of cases nowadays. Yeah, that's a great question. So, and I've actually thought about this quite a bit. The military does an incredible job at, at building self-confidence, um, putting you in difficult situations and, and having you overcome and, and succeed even against, against the odds. What I think the military does not do a good job of is teaching you how to be a good people person. <laughs> you when you have a certain rank and you have people underneath you, they have to do as long as it's a lawful military order, they have to do what you told them. Otherwise they can go to jail. (laughs) Very literally, they just can't not show up for work. So the relationship aspect, yeah, you care about your guys. You want to make sure that they they get taken care of because just any good leader should, should be concerned with that. But there's a lot of leaders that they get the rank and they get this, uh, this responsibility 
And it's like, F you, I don't really care about you. You need to go do this because I told you to, because that's the rank I have. And you get in the civilian world, you can't do that. <laughs> people can quit. People can walk out. They can file complaints with HR. And that just doesn't work. So my, my suggestion is for anybody coming out of the military, just find, take all the skills you already learned, but challenge yourself to you know, read some good books, learn, learn a little bit more about the psychology around uh, leadership. Uh, a lot of great stuff by Simon Sinek, um, Brian Tracy, and, and get to the root, make it a challenge, get to the root of, of the psychological aspect of gaining people's trust on a personal level without any kind of rank, without any kind of uh, exterior, you know, compulsion to, to obey and, and have them follow you because they want to and they trust you because you're, you're the alpha of their pack and, and they'd follow you anywhere, not because they had to, but because they want to. Yeah. Have you read any of Jocko Willink or Lee Fabin? Yeah, I, I okay. love Extreme Ownership. I absolutely love the dichotomy of leadership both of those are just yeah you hit those are awesome ones as well um they, yeah if any any military person coming out of the military that wants to get into any kind of you know sales entrepreneurship leadership position those two are awesome because they use all those great military examples that all of us can relate to and they translate it to real world you know civilian world uh applications it's good yeah. stuff yeah so like in your in your you work and serve as a leader manager regional in within TriSmart. like what's your take on leadership then like what how do you motivate especially door-to-door -door guys which is it's a hard discipline to get down you know especially if you've yeah. never done sales or had any like that experience before so like what's your take on leadership how do you get mo people motivated how do you get them successful yeah that's a good question i think that's the age-old question is, is how to try to help people get uncomfortable and realize it's okay to be uncomfortable and give them the skills and techniques to overcome uh, being uncomfortable so they can get that experience. So for me, it's always leading from the front uh, rather than from a desk. Um, if you're going to tell your guys to do something, you, you better be willing to do it two or three times more often and as good, uh, especially door knocking. Um, I think the very first, the fundamental role of a manager, of a leader is, is for them is to produce uh, and then teach others to produce. Um, so that way it's not a do as I say, not as I do. Because uh, a lot of times, I think as leaders and managers, you get bogged down with, oh, I need to train these guys and I need to train them to sell. When the reality is, is the best training is just have them come with you and do what you would be doing on a daily basis and show them how to produce rather than sit in the classroom and try to tell them how to produce. Yeah. Um, so if they see that and they, and, and they get competitive, like, man, this weirdo, this guy who has very little natural skill, but just works really hard can do this. I can do this. <laughs> so yeah, just giving them a pattern, um, giving them an example, now, hopefully not an example of what they shouldn't be doing. Give them an example of what they could and should be doing. And Make sure you make sure they know that, that they're in in your circle that, that you'd go to bat for them um, that you trust them and, and then you, they'll trust you yeah I really like that take and I think that's why we're seeing a lot of people start to doubt the promises of like traditional education right because traditional education is, is like come in this safe environment and learn pay a lot of money to learn and then go out in the mm -hmm. world and hopefully it works. And what they're finding out is that's actually not the case. 
you know? And so like your, your message of, Hey, come and like do and learn through doing and seeing is going to be a lot better like outcome for most people than just going to a safe environment where you are uncomfortable. Like, you know, that's mm -hmm. a lot of college campuses nowadays. It's like the word safe, like that's such a buzzword in so many circles, but in like the circles that are succeeding, being discomfortable, like having discomfort, having like, like going out on a ledge, those are the people that are succeeding, especially in like door to door. And it's funny, like, the, like I have a buddy that just is super smart, but like the uncomfortableness of door to door, I think he's going to, I think he's going to give it a shot. Um, but it's that, that conversation is really interesting. So what, so you're in solar now, like what was the transition from alarms to solar? And it was for you and your company. So I think you had, you have a unique position because you helped not only yourself do it, but I'm guessing you had to help other people and lead the way at the same time. Yeah. So when, when we transitioned over to solar, I didn't really have a team or anybody. Uh, I, I had joined up on the direct TV side to, to, to do a little bit of direct TV over the phones. And uh, I realized I hated doing anything over the phone. I'm sitting in front of a desk. Um, and so about that time, we, we decided to open a, an office in San Antonio. And a really good friend of mine, James Stone, we've been friends for over 10 years now. Um, we, we worked really well together. We decided to move to uh, San Antonio. And the reality is we just figured it out. There, we, the company was so new to solar. Um, the owners, incredible salespeople, solar. They had a lot of solar experience, but as far as the way the market worked, what, what net metering even was, what, what, a, what a yield was, what a pitch was, azimuth, <laughs> what inverters were, what solar panels did, that whole process. We didn't have any company, any kind of standardized training. So most of it was just a lot of YouTube, a lot of trial and error. And, and, and frankly, the, the income potential is, was the motivator. Um, not, not to knock on any of the alarm guys, because I wouldn't trade the alarm hustle that I learned for the world. If I would have gone straight from military to solar, I probably would have still been able to be successful. But the alarm, the hustle and the grind that comes from an alarm sale, getting in the house, sitting down, running credit, waiting till the tech shows up, that, that's, that grind's irreplaceable. Um, but couple that with the income potential of solar, that was extremely motivating for us to try to just go figure it out. And, you know, he and I, my, uh, James and I, we stayed at a little one bedroom Airbnb. Her name was Doris. She let us come in and stay there. Two little twin beds. We'd hang out. We left our families for about four months uh, and just kind of went back and forth while we got the office up and running before they moved out to where we were at. So it was a sacrifice, but um, it, it's paying off. So that's, and then as a company, we continue to recruit other incredible managers, incredible talent um, from some of the other companies that, that were around that had gone out of business or uh, weren't in Texas. Um, so now we we're able to branch out to all the offices that we have. And, and we've just, we've got some awesome leaders, great leadership. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Good. So what's that expansion like in a, in a, in a fast run company? So it's really interesting nowadays you have like companies like Facebook that take over the world. Like it seems like overnight, you know, it, it does take time. But then also you have these other normal companies where 3%, 6% growth is really competitive, especially in the construction space where for like mm -hmm. TriSmart, you guys have been around doing solar for not that long. And now you have seven offices, you're growing super fast. Like what's, what's that like? And the reason, I'm, just so you know, the reason behind asking that question is a lot of times 
people get into these companies and they're like, they feel like it's crazy and a mess when it's actually a, it's a good mess, not a bad mess. What I say is like construction in a city. Like it's okay to have traffic because of construction. That means the city's growing. That means they're economic opportunity. Mm-hmm. If there's no construction in a city, that city's dead. You know, so like what's your counsel to like, or uh, well, that experience of growth, but also how does that like apply to, to people that are not used to that? That's an awesome question because we definitely have experienced our fair share of uh, uh, of challenges, of opportunities. Let's call it that. Um, if if you're with a company that is transparent, that is ethical, uh, that that puts customers first, um, and 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 that you trust, and you're going through go- growing pains, stick with them. That they need you. They need sales. Sales. Volume drives everything because uh, the more volume and the more sales you get, the more mistakes you can make and, and the more mistakes you can make and the quicker you can make them and, and figure out a solution to your process so that they don't happen again, I would say it is one of the biggest factors into growth. Um, as we, as we go into these other markets and these other cities, there's a lot of questions we have to ask. We have to ask the utility company a ton of questions to figure out how the buyback works, how the permitting process works what kind of crap they want us to do that other cities don't uh, because it's not really a standardized process in most places and we screw up. I mean, we're not out here burning people's houses down, but there's, there's things where uh, we pat, we fail inspections and, and it's a learning curve and we've lost reps because of it. And I get it. It's, it's a difficult thing to, if you're not bought in to the, to the future and, and to what, you're trying to become, you're just there to make a quick buck and you find a lower red line somewhere else and bounce. Um, if you're not bought in to help build, you'll lose reps like that. And it's okay. You know, it's their prerogative, but um, don't be afraid to voice uh, your opinions of what you see happening as, as the boots on the ground. Cause sometimes ownership at, at the upper level, they don't always get a chance to see what you're experiencing. And the worst thing is, is holding any of that in. Cause then you resent a company for something they didn't even know about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Love that. And also I'd say c- communicate in the form of solutions, not, not complaints or problems. Is it, if there's an issue, raise it and, and have a solution ready um, or be open to discussion about another possible solution. Even if it's not exactly how you want it to happen. Um, be solution oriented. What? So define for me transparency. Cause like, everybody's going to define that differently. Just like hard work. Like I, you and I have both been in interviews and the people are like, I work hard. And then they get out in the field and they think hard work's like 35 hours a week. And you're like, bro, that's like average work. Hard work's like 50, 60 yeah. hours. So define for me transparency in that kind of vein, like how, be specific. Cause everybody's going to d- define that differently. Yeah. Good question. So I think there's a few ways, a few places it's important to have a company that's being transparent. Um, number one, being transparent with your customers. Uh, there are so many solar companies that whether uh, intentionally or unintentionally, their proposals are wildly inaccurate. Maybe the way they calculate the tax credit, the way they calculate the the yield from the solar panels, what they're saying the current electricity cost is in a market, they run into all of it. And as a, as a solar pro, having seen a lot of these proposals and I can sit down and, and if I'm going toe to toe with another company, it's pretty easy to just say, look, look, these guys are saying this, but the reality is, is this. 
And if that company is continuing to do that, they're doing themselves a disservice and they're doing the whole solar industry a disservice. So I'd say transparency on the customer side, making sure that you are educated uh, and, and your proposal tool that you're using in the process is refined and accurate. Um, that way you're giving customers realistic uh, expectations. Uh, the other thing is being transparent with your reps, especially on pay. Uh, there's no better way to lose a rep than, than to screw them on their pay or uh, bring up any kind of surprises or you know stuff like that. Um, and also having, to, to some extent, an open door policy with, with management and ownership. Uh, if your reps feel so distanced and disassociated with, with ownership and management and feel like they don't really care that their pay pays messed up or they don't understand, then they're going to go somewhere where, where people, where they feel like they're, that people care. Doesn't mean you're going to be perfect on your pay, but we have our own pay issues as far as getting everything accurate and everything the first time, but recognizing it. I mean, we've had ownership, even Venmo guys straight from their bank accounts um, when, when pay is screwed up and it's past the deadline, just to make sure that they got what they were supposed to get. Uh, and it's done in a timely manner. Um, I'd say those are the two biggest places for me that I've noticed being transparent uh, is, is important. Yeah, it goes a long way. And I like one thing you said specifically is because it's like a two-way communication on transparency, like ownership or management has to be transparent with reps. But you also said that reps, if they have an issue, they shouldn't hold it in. Like they should think, okay, one, what is this issue? Two is do I have a solution for it? And giving someone the permission to do that, one, takes courage on both ends. But like, that's what I, it's so funny. Sometimes you like talk to the rep and they have like this thing in their head they've created this big old story for weeks. You can tell it's been pent up. You're like, dude, just let it out. Like, I don't know why you've yeah. been talking about this. Like three weeks ago, it was like a five minute conversation. You've been stewing about it forever. Um, anyway, that's, I do that's, I, I didn't plan on this, like going over like a leadership development influence thing, but I think it's like, I think we've had, I think you've given some really, really good insights on that. Um, what, like you're out in the field, you're working out there with your guys, you lead from the front. Do you have any good stories of why you're out there in the field working the doors? Man, I was thinking about that. I don't, I don't have really any great ones. After eight years of doing this all over the state of Texas, I, I can't say there's been anything incredible. The only one I can think of was the very first week or two I ever knocked doors out in Houston. I was so brand new. Uh, I didn't really know what to expect. So in a nutshell, um, Mark, the owner of the company, let me borrow his car. I had to go catch a flight later on in the day, and I figured I was going to go try to sell an account before I left. So I left the office. I went to my neighborhood to go knock doors. I parked my car, and I start knocking. And, you know, you're the new guy. You're still not quite sure what you're doing. So inevitably, you're going to probably weird some people out. And uh, I guess there was a lady that called the cops. So, you know, we've all had that happen now. I've had that happen dozens of times. It's no big deal. It was the first time I've ever had the, calls, the cops called. So. Um, you know, I, I never got in any trouble as a kid. It was pretty straight edge. So cops roll up and, you know, it's a little bit uh, unnerving for a second. And I wasn't wearing my, my company ID badge, which normally we're supposed to do. So the cops come up and say, where's your badge? And I say, you know, I don't have it on me. I apologize. Um, they say, well, where's your ID? And I realized I didn't have my wallet on me either. And I pointed them down the street. I said, my car is right there. We could go get into my car. My, my wallet's got to be in there and I can give you my ID. I said, okay, why don't you just hop in the car and, and we'll drive down. And they're like, all right, no big deal. So I go to hop in the backseat of their cop car and I forgot I had a knife in my back pocket. 
because when I was early on coming out of the military, I was like, I should probably carry a knife around, you know, for personal protection. They see the knife and the police officer says, whoa, 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 hands up on the car right now. I got my two hands up on the car. They pulled the knife out and they're like, hey, were you going to tell us about this? And I was like, honestly, sir, I forgot it was there. I was a little bit nervous. And they're like, all right, give me your right arm. They cuff me. Give me your left arm. I get cuffed. I got to hop in the back seat. I hop in the back seat of the car. We, we drive down the street to where the car I was driving was. And I say, look, my ID's in my backpack because I was in between semesters at school. And, you know, go in there, you'll find it. And so I'm just watching the, the police officers go to the car. And, and remember, my, mer- my major at the time was Arabic. And so they go in the car and they did not find my wallet, but they start thumbing through my Arabic homework. And they're looking at each other and I'm like, you know, these guys, these guys probably think I'm some psycho or, or, or something. I don't know what they're thinking. Uh, and anyways, they come back to the car and they're like, look, you're, oh, one more thing. My cousin had just bought the car and it hadn't been registered yet. So the person I told them that the car was under was under a different name. So I had like four or five strikes at this point. They come back and like, look, your story's not adding up. I gave him my cousin's phone number, uh, Mark, the, the owner. They called him. Uh, our stories matched up, you know, 100%. <laughs> uh, after about a five-minute phone call, I'm sitting there thinking I'm going to jail for sure. Uh, they come back. They're like, look, you need to leave. and You'll get your ID. You can't do this without ID. Uh, get out of here. So I said, okay. I'm so sorry. So from then on, I always carry my ID. I always carry my badge, and I do not carry a knife. So, <laughs> that was about it. Dude, that's like, I, <laughs> I have to give it to you because I know a lot of reps that would have that experience, especially early on. And they'd be like, I'm done with this door-to-door thing. Never doing it again. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, I, I said, I'm done. I, I stopped knocking doors that day. I'll admit. I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm going to catch my flight. I'm going home. <laughs> yeah. No more. Yeah, that's good. Dang. Okay. Well, I got some, well, any, anything else about like try smart leadership stories? Um, well, not necessarily leadership, anything you guys are working on right now. Like I know you're working on market expansion. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. I'm actually right now in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, we, we found a rep that wanted to open up an office up here cause he lives here. And, um, this will be really one of our first real offices that that's hopefully going to produce outside of the state of Texas, other than, uh, we have a office going in Denver, Colorado. So, um, our, our, our goal has always been to grow, of course, and to find other leaders and recruit good talent, um, pay them uh, very well, and uh, create a good process in every market where we live. So uh, there's a couple other markets we'd like to get into in the state of Texas. One of them is Midland, the Midland-Odessa area. Uh, the other one's uh, the McAllen-Rio uh, Grande Valley area, but we just finished licensing in New Mexico as well. Um, another cool thing we're up to is uh, we've been de- developing our own app. Um, some of you might remember the old Legion app uh, that they started where it was kind of like Sales Rabbit, where you have a little door knocking component, little dots pop up and, and track your neighborhoods. And then uh, there was a proposal tool built in. But um, at some point, we were able to, to purchase the code to that project once, once Legion decided to stop developing we've continued to develop it and made it into our own app so it's a pretty cool program where you can do the whole front end thing where it's like spotio and sales rabbit you go knock the doors you can disposition everything track it know your numbers know your metrics manage territory but then as a consultant if i get in a house i can put in usage build a basic proposal get panels on the roof 
and present solar within five minutes. Um, that way I'm never waiting for a proposal team. I'm never waiting for any kind of difficult software that really needs a lot of training on. And I can get someone really uh, accurate, very realistic numbers and quite often have a same day one touch close if I wanted to. Um, and then, uh, and then the other thing we're developing is our own back office CRM. We don't use Salesforce or uh, any of these other CRMs that are out there. We've developed our own, we call SmartBoard, and it's really just the project management software that allows you to track your accounts, see where they're at in the process. Uh, uh, gives a lot of transparency to the reps so that you can see what's going on. You can communicate with the team. Uh, nothing's hidden, and uh, it's it's a it's a pretty cool setup. We we've been really liking it. Works well together. No, I, I love that. That's just a key in on that transparency again. I know a lot of companies are worried about reps. Like reps are going to ask anyway. They're going to they're going to call the the project manager and fill their day with phone calls. You might as well just give them access to CRM so they're not calling the project manager. They can just go look and see permit sitting in you know the local HJ and we got to go yep. drive, pick it up. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. At any point and anywhere in the process, any rep can go see their account and see who's supposed to be doing something with it, what's supposed to be done, and and hopefully a, a relative time frame within which it's going to be finished. So uh, I think it's pretty cool. Cool. Well, I got a few rapid fire questions and we'll wrap up. These are always, these are kind of fun because they just bring out some random, random okay. things to know you. Um, what's your favorite color? Blue. What's your favorite breakfast food? Um, I'd say waffles with uh, uh, a bunch of whipped cream, uh, chocolate chips, strawberries, just a loaded waffle. Like homemade waffles or like egg waffles or like no, uh, no, I'm not eating that cardboard. Uh, homemade, <laughs> homemade off the off the little waffle iron. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, Marvel or DC for, for comics? For, for Marvel. Marvel? Marvel. Okay. Why, why Marvel? Who's your, or who's your favorite and why? I'm a huge fan of Iron Man. Um, I guess that's that is, my knee-jerk reaction was Marvel. Thinking about it again, I'm also a huge fan of Batman. So it's tough. It's probably 51-49 for me. But I loved all the Batman movies. But by, by far, the, my favorite stretch of movies has always been the Marvel ones. Okay. And uh, Iron Man's my guy. Nice. Um, who looks better in a wrestling singlet, you or your boss? My boss. My <laughs> boss, wins, absolutely. Who wins the match? Uh, I do. Okay. <laughs> uh, favorite song to jam to? So this, this is taking me back to my punk rock days. Really anything by Yellow Card or Blink. Okay. That's my, that's my full playlist right now. Nice. Um, what, what books made the biggest difference in your life, in your, well, well, the two, what books made the biggest difference in your personal life and the professional life? Uh, personal life for me, I'm, I, I like to think I try to be religious. Um, the scriptures for me, <laughs> okay. uh, in personal life, professional life, there, anything by Brian Tracy and Simon Sinek. But if I had to narrow it down to two, Brian Tracy is, uh, no excuses. And Simon Sinek is leaders eat last. Those are my two top favorite but you know we mentioned the stuff by jocker willink that's a close second and shoot now that i think about it can't hurt me by david goggins it's got to be a three-way tie i can't not mention that one no excuses and leaders eat last can't can't hurt me is on my list i gotta get absolutely i'd almost put that into the like level of the scriptures not to be sacrilegious but <laughs> that that book is is a life changer 
I'll, okay. I'll, I'll move it up on the, the audible list. Um, there you go. So what, where's your, well, what's the favorite vacation you went on in the, in the past, your favorite past vacation? Um, you know, when I got back from Afghanistan, my wife had booked a vacation to Jamaica for uh, a little over a week. That was a blast, a uh, blast, just getting, getting to get a, get rid of a sucky situation and be in just a beautiful place. Um, I always remember that one. Jamaica's beautiful. It's incredible. Um, also, I just got back from Disneyland a couple of weeks ago with my kids for the first time. My daughter's eight and my son's five. And just seeing the smiles on their faces, there's nothing like it. So I, I'd have to put Disneyland and Jamaica as my, my top two favorite. Dude, Disneyland for kids or Disney World for kids is like... Yeah. <laughs> it's like... and, and the, Oh, and my goodness. There's nothing like it. <laughs> also, for me, seeing them face their fears, because my daughter and my son, they were just so terrified to go on some of these rides. But finally, by the time we were done, they were stoked. And now they're saying, like, the scary rides were their favorites. There's, helping them face their fears is, is awesome. That's cool, dude. I love it. Um, what's your favorite vacation in the future that you want to go on to? Uh, that's a good question. I've never been to uh, um, some of, like, the 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 Asian islands, you know, like Thailand, Japan. Uh, it'd be fun to go go check out some of those places and see some of the pictures and just the, the beautiful scenery. Um, so I, I'd have to say somewhere in, in East Asia, that, that direction. Cool, cool. If you met yourself 10 years ago, what advice would you give? Oh, shoot, 10 years ago. <laughs> um, Man, that's a great question. That's right around when I got married. So if they marry your wife and quit, quit hesitating is one of them. <laughs> um, I would say be patient with yourself. Uh, I think sometimes I get discouraged, especially when you're trying to help other reps. And sometimes you take it personal because uh, you make it mean something that reflects on your personal ability to be a leader. But I would say just be patient with yourself. You're still getting to figure out all this stuff too. Um, so yeah, I, I, that, that might be what I'd say to myself. Nice. Okay, so you mentioned helping your kids face your fears. What's the scariest thing you've done? Scariest thing I've done? Huh? Um, there's some pretty nerve-wracking situations in, on deployments. I'll never forget the first time. So when, when you deploy, they have something called the wire. You know, when you leave the wire, you're kind of leaving your your base. You're leaving your relative safety and entering into relative uh, uh, danger. And our job was to drive Humvees in Iraq and do a lot of route reconnaissance and, and route uh, uh, just just maintenance, making sure there's not people putting bombs in roads and doing stupid stuff. So I'll never forget the first time we left. I my my butt cheeks were puckered so freaking tight like <laughs> you know so nervous for for hours on end that uh that that was an adrenaline and a fear i don't think i, I i've ever oops sorry i got that phone call uh, that was a that was an adrenaline of fear i don't think i've ever experienced other than at different points on on deployment and, and probably will never experience again thank so. you well i will like i know this we we can when we say this as civilians it's never like that's the thing justice but like we are like thankful for that service because we just don't know you know we just have zero clue um, yeah. so thanks for 
doing that. Um, Thank you. What What are your pet peeves? Oh, man. Um, I, I don't have a lot of them, uh, but I, I, you know, I can't think of any off the top of my head, if I'm being honest. Okay. We're good. What, if I think of one, I'll come back to it. Okay. What wisdom do you wish people followed more? Um, yeah, throw away your trash. Throw away your trash. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's nothing. So this goes along with pet peeve. I mean, there's nothing more trashy than you just sitting there and someone chucks a fast food bag out of your their their freaking car window or something. Throw away your that, trash. That's me in like the toilet seat, Take, men's bathrooms, men's bathrooms. I'm like, dude, like, just lift up. Put the it seat. up. Like use it, use your foot. Yeah, that's one. Use your foot. Just balance on one foot. Use your other foot. If you don't want to touch it, just put the dang seat up. Yeah. That's like okay. the laziness is like just shocks me. I'm like, seriously? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so two more. What what do you want your kids to remember you for? Um I I would like my my kids to remember my efforts. Uh, to to be a good dad, um, as far as you know, as far as religiously, to to be devoted to the faith, and as well as um, to to be someone that other people could rely on, uh, be it service, be it helping them out. Um, I I think this this life's too short not to try to help people. Um, there's always more that we could do, but I hope they remember that it's important to give service to other people because I don't really do anything to deserve to be here. I got lucky. So who are we to judge anyone else for, for where they, where they sit? Love it. What are you doing right after this podcast? <laughs> so currently I'm in Tulsa, just finished working with the rep up here. I'm driving to Amarillo. It's about a five and a half hour drive. So I'm going to hop on the road, get there roughly nine, 10 PM, check into my Airbnb and go to sleep and, and look forward to meeting with my Amarillo team tomorrow. Dang, dude, that's awesome. Okay, so TriSart Solar, any, what's going on? What do you, what do you guys, uh, if, so, if someone's listening to the podcast and like, dang, like I really rec, I really vibe with that. What are you guys looking for? You know, we're looking for reps who are willing to be held accountable and who are willing to uh, do difficult things. Um, we are not a company that generally provides a ton of leads for reps. If you're at a company and you're comfortable just getting a ton of leads and a ton of appointments and you're not really generating them or preparing them for yourself, we might not be the place for you and that's okay. Um, we, we have a huge door knocking background. We feel like we're really good at what we do. So if you wanted to get better at self-generating appointments and get paid really well, uh, really well for it, get taken care of and have a, a great back office and install experience, then we'd love to see if, if we'd be a good fit for what you want. So. Cool. So that's the, the main kind of rep we look for. Cool. And that's in mainly Texas, but New Mexico, Oklahoma, and Denver metro area, correct? Yeah. Yep. If you're a, a self-starter and, and a leader in some of those other areas, we'd, we'd love to chat and see if we can help build up those, those other states. Cool. Well, anything else you want to, to wrap up with? Um, no, man, I really appreciate the, 
the invitation. I would I'd be remiss if I didn't say this week, uh, March, March, the first week of March, for a lot of us that, that deployed to Afghanistan, we lost two young men this week. And I'd be remiss if I didn't, you know, when you, you said something about thank you for your service, I didn't mention their names, Nigel Olson and Carlos Aragon. Uh, Ten years ago this week, uh, they both uh, got killed in Afghanistan. And there's a scholarship set up in their name um, that goes to Mountain View High School because they both went to Mountain View. So if you check out online, uh, Google Nigel Olson and Carlos Aragon scholarship. I don't know the exact link off the top of my head, but if you feel so inclined, they, they do take donations there. But, uh, you know, any, any every service member that, that you meet that is alive, there's a lot of them, a lot of them that aren't. So um, there's, there's a lot to, to be grateful for. So I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll end on that. Cool. I appreciate that. And I, I will say on like a side, well, personal note, side note, I don't know, I, either one, like I do a lot of these interviews and I will say like, there is a lot of embedded wisdom in this one. And if I think for reps that are specifically looking for some consistency, um, I think hit Charlie up, especially if you're in those areas, or even if you're not, um, don't, don't hesitate to like relocate to somewhere to work for something, you know, like this world is so fluid and it's, it's worth looking into going somewhere where there's culture fit. And that's like, it's definitely worth your time to do it. Like moving is not that expensive. It's to, to work for somewhere where you're going to be happy and make a financial like boon that will literally change your yeah. life. Like it's the, nuts. The, the opportunity, the opportunity cost is it pales in comparison to the actual cost of, of the move itself and the adjustment. For sure. So appreciate it, Charlie. Uh, thanks so much. And thank you, Cody. Hi there.